you, you need, need to, to see, see this. this. This is a bi-weekly film podcast about filling in the gaps of our collective cinematic experience. I'm Luce Tomlin Brenner, and I'm joined by my co-hosts and friends. Nick Asunto. And Cozy Orland. Hi, I'm your friend. This is nice. <laughs> we're comedians and we're writers, and but most importantly, we love film. Uh, but there's so many movies out there in the world. There's so much to see. It's impossible to see them all. It gives me so much anxiety. Uh, so many people <laughs> out there just stick to like the genres they like or the actors who are hot and the writers or directors that they're into. But as a result, so many of us miss out on hidden gems. So in each episode, we are going to present our case for one film you absolutely need to watch, covering everything from lesser-known art house indies to how did you miss this blockbusters. The guidelines are simple. At least one of us has seen and loved the film, and at least one of us has missed it. Then, without spoilers, we convince each other and you which films are worth your time. And uh, keeping with our October theme, we're doing all spookies this month. Ooh. Yeah, and I'm really excited about today's film. I'm the only one who has seen it in the world. Um, <laughs> it's 2013's Carrie by director Kimberly Pierce of uh, Boys Don't Cry. And uh, she directs a lot of TV now, uh, one of which is Dear White People, which is also a really great TV show on Netflix. Hmm. Um, so she uses the... A lot of you know Carrie because it's uh, the Stephen King novel from 1974. It was his very first novel. And then Brian De Palma made Carrie with Sissy Spacek. And, um, oh, my gosh, I fucking wrote this down. And John Travolta <laughs> in that? Oh, John Travolta is in it, Piper Laurie. Okay. I feel like I also want to guess on who was in it. What? <laughs> I've only ever seen the hmm. ending of the original. That. Was Martin. I was like, I'm never going to watch this. Hmm. Were other Martins <laughs> in um, it? No, no other Martins. Darn it. Um, All right. So a lot of people know Carrie because of uh, Stephen King's 1974 novel. It was his very first novel that he wrote. It's also the shortest one. So if you need to get into Stephen King, it's a great entry point. And then Brian De Palma made the one that you've probably seen in 1976 with Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, and John Travolta. Uh, So... I would argue, and I will be arguing throughout this podcast, (laughs) that uh, Pierce's film is more of a rebuttal than a remake. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. I really get annoyed when people call it a remake because uh, Brian De Palma did a bad job. And I love the original Carrie visually. It's very iconic. And it is in our eyes, our lexicon, uh, the air that we breathe. But I think Kimberly Pierce's version needs to surpass it, if not be powerful alongside of it uh, because Kimberly Pierce takes the elements of Stephen King's book and deepens the characterization which Brian De Palma skirts right over in favor of objectifying the female form. Um, So a little more about the film. It was written uh, by actually the original screenwriter of the first Carrie, uh, Lawrence D. Cohen, and one of my favorite people in the world uh, whose name I've never heard said out loud so <laughs> here's an opportunity for me to mess it up. Roberto uh, Aguirre Sacasa. Nailed it. Thank you. I took French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to say, if you hadn't taken French, like you should be teaching French. Oh, wow. Well, um, probably because that was a Spanish name. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so I love Roberto because he's a series developer and head writer for two of my favorite shows, Riverdale and uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh. And he is amazing at writing teenagers. He is uh, to teenagers now what John Hughes was to teenagers in the 80s. Hmm. And I don't think he's currently getting the credit for that uh, because he works in television and he works on melodramatic television. But uh, he does such a great job of capturing the essences of what kids are going through and also really digging into um, and challenging like social norms and hierarchies. Uh, so it's a very, very progressive film in a way that the first Carrie wasn't. So this one is starring Chloe Grace Morez, Mortez? Moretz. Moretz. Moretz, thank you. Another one I've never heard said out loud oh. uh, from Kick-Ass. And that's the one I always think of her in, but she's in like a million things. A bunch, yeah, she's great. Um, let let me in the let the right one in remake. Oh that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think she's really great, and a lot of people didn't think she'd be able to capture this as well because mm. she, I don't know whose fucking subjective opinion this is, but like that she's <laughs> prettier than Sissy Spacek, Ooh. which is just like kind of offensive to Sissy. I yeah. feel like, yeah. um, basically, if you don't put makeup on most people and then put a bunch of lights on their face <laughs> they look tired so yeah. like <laughs> that's all you have to do that's a film secret <laughs> um they look like tired and worn out by religion uh, <laughs> essentially what this like movie most is. of us are yeah oh yeah uh so chloe is carrie julianne moore plays her mom and Judy Greer is the gym teacher oh. who's like tries to buddy buddy and look out for Carrie. She's the best. I didn't know she was in it. I love Judy Same. Greer. Same. Yeah, we Judy all, Greer she's is, amazing. Yeah, she's really good in this one. And the thing I like about this too is that the gym teacher uh, in the Brian De Palma version does try to befriend Carrie when she sees everybody else making fun of her, but then also is sort of mean to her, has that like classic 70s, 80s tough love where it's yeah. like if you don't respond immediately to the first piece of advice and it's like fuck you anyways you know what i mean yeah and uh, gym teachers in the 70s movies like their shorts were always so small that actually brings me um well that will bring me to many points but <laughs> the shorts in the original carry are purposely small and linger on women's legs in a way that i find not great for the overall uh, message of the film. Mm. So quick synopsis, if you don't know what Carrie is about, um, again, this is a spoiler-free podcast, so you don't have to have watched any of it. You could turn off at this point, go watch it and come back. Um, but it's about a shy girl, Carrie, who's outcasted by her peers and sheltered by her religious mother. And through this, she unleashes a telekinetic terror on her small town after being pushed too far at her senior prom. Uh, so you guys, what are your first impressions? So uh, the the only reason I didn't watch the remake, actually, there's two there's two reasons. Um, was I saw the ending of the first one on TV when I was a kid, and I was like, I hate this. Did you it, see it through the very end, like the very last just, scene? Just the yeah, the just prom. John Travolta crawling through a window is all I remember, and uh, it was like a weird. So not the actual the fa the last no, scene I never saw is the like a scene. very famous no like the very very last scene is oh. in the graveyard and it has a very famous jump scare. Oh, okay, yeah, no, it's like I a seen very it. very good jump scare that, despite the fact I've seen it ten times, still scares me. Oh wow, yeah, I avoid it, and I also I'm not a big De Palma fan. I, I've only really thoroughly enjoyed one of his movies, and that's The Untouchables. And then I didn't watch the remake because I'm madly in love with Julianne Moore. And she's sure. being a, she's being a mean person in this, and I don't mm -hmm. want to watch that. I love oh, her. I'll have a I'll have a point Ooh. that uh, will be about that. Okay, cool, nice. And uh, the reason that I never saw it is because I 
didn't see the original and was like, oh, I want to see the original before I see the remake. And also, even though I do like Chloe Grace Moretz a bunch, I was like, I'm not convinced by this trailer. That's fair. I have points on that, too. <laughs> uh, I will discuss all of that and more in our next segment that we like to call These Are Five Reasons. <laughs> Uh, and now I'm going to use five reasons to convince you guys, uh, everybody out there, why you should see Carrie. Pete, have you seen Carrie? The old one. Okay, Pete saw the old one, not the new one. I'm convincing three men in the studio and hopefully one million people listening to this <laughs> podcast. Um, so first up, I'm going to give a reason that isn't on my list. Uh and just go back to what I already said, not a remake, a rebuttal. This is not a film where you need to see the original. This isn't like Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street where the original is better. The original is actually not very connected to the book and not even in an artistic way, the way that The Shining isn't really connected to the book and Stephen King hates uh, Stanley Kubrick, but um, in a way where De Palma picked out um, all of the stuff about women <laughs> and made the story about the f- fear society was having of women's power at this time. I mean, it was made in 1976. It was like right after Roe v. Wade was passed and right during the big, you know, the last 10 years or so through the late 60s and the early 70s or like when uh, the second wave of feminism is really ramping up and um, women are trying to step into their power more and are speaking out more along with people of color and the LGBTQ community. And uh, there was a lot of backlash, which you can see in a lot of films during that time, and obviously politically with the uh, voting in of um, Ronald Reagan in the 80s. And this is a time where a lot of men were fearing the power of women. And the reading of this that you can do with Brian De Palma's film is that when women are empowered, they're destructive. So the basic overall uh, way that the De Palma one is presented is that Carrie gets her period and then she starts being able to make things blow up, essentially. And it culminates with, not a spoiler because you've seen it, a big fire at the prom. Um, Whereas Kimberly Pierce's version of this film is not about how scary women are, but how scary the world is when you're a woman. So it's like this very specific little flip that takes it from men experiencing women to women experiencing the world, which is so important because this is a movie about women, yet in De Palma's version, they don't get any agency, they don't get any character development. Uh, We mostly are through the camera ogling their form. And the movie opens with a bunch of women in a shower uh, at a gym class and it's like, they're naked, there's a lot of tits, uh, a lot of hot women, and then Carrie freaking out in the shower, getting her period, blood running down her legs, her face is contorted, and her body becomes this like horrific element. And it's really interesting the way De Palma uses Carrie throughout the film as um, like the abject that she is horrific, that her body is horrific to us, we should be scared of her, instead of um, having the nuance of the fact that she's going through something that's like very difficult and that it's a scary world for her. And Kimberly Pierce completely flips it. And it's not, it's subtle, I think, maybe if you are not watching it, uh, having grown up in a position of being marginalized. But if you watch them back to back, it's clearly also the better film because there's just more character development. And if that's something that you want out of a film, 
uh, you get it. You get like way more dialogue. You get a lot of history. Um, so I didn't really break that down into five things. I got real psyched about it. No, but that was a damn good thesis. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Well, I combined a couple of my things, which is better character development. Um, you see more about the mother-daughter relationship. And to speak to what you were saying mm -hmm. about um, Julianne Moore uh, playing uh, Carrie's mom, she you don't see anything about why Piper Laurie is the way she is in the original film. She's just like a crazy religious zealot who doesn't want Carrie to leave the house and Carrie's battling against that. But in this, you get a lot of background on Mrs. White, which is really interesting. In Kimberly Pierce's 2013 version, she's a self-mutilator. Uh, uh -huh. So I'm not going to go any deeper into that now, but that is definitely a trigger warning for people. Yeah, I can't mm. watch it now. Um, <laughs> well, it's not, you don't... I was going to say, it's not anything that's like more aggressive than like maybe what's in Secretary or Black Swan. Um, you more see her like, it's it's quick. But again, because I think it's from a woman's perspective, I mean, it's I'm getting not chills exploitative. Just about it. that's like... Well, hey, it's scary. But but a, a reading of that that you can do is that this is, uh, again, a story about choice and women pulling choice, you know, onto themselves and not having it be foisted on them. She's you know, making a choice what to do with her body and how to regain control. And I think it also implies that she's a trauma survivor, which can imply why there's a cycle of abuse that then she lays out onto Carrie, um, which definitely makes it ve very interesting to me. Um, and then let's see, I talked about uh, the body as abject. The other thing I just want to get into is that it's scarier. <laughs> it's scarier. It's grosser. There's a kill scene in it that is so insane. Um, and I haven't seen anything like it in a film before. And I really, I remember going, oh, fuck, out loud in the theater because it was like so fucked up. And the way a person it happens to, you're like psyched about. Uh, um, and that's a sign of good writing when a character gets killed off in a horror movie and you're like, yeah, or no. Oh, it was so great. <laughs> but if you don't care, it's not good writing. Mm. That's the thing. You care about each and every person, and the bullies feel like mm. real bullies. It doesn't just feel like. Sometimes in movies, it's they just like... They make them evil. Yeah, this felt very real. And because it takes place in the modern time and not the 70s, it's like, yep, this is how girls make fun of each other. Mm -hmm. uh, because, again, it's like a woman discussing it. And she also worked really closely with um, Chloe uh, and the other actors to like hear about like what kids were talking about during the time that they made the film so it could be have like an element of realism to it. <laughs> Kids are monsters. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because their fucking frontal lobe isn't developed yeah. yet, and mm. they have no empathy they're, developed. They're I, just, yeah. They're rampant little id creatures running around. I know. It's weird that they're all just allowed to be out. <laughs> and we circle back to Carrie. Keep your kid inside at all times. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. That really is the message. Um, I, I'm sorry I didn't break that down into it. No, that's I just okay. said it all at once. Those are my five reasons. They all flowed into each other. And uh, if you'd like to read my thesis on it, <laughs> I will be submitting it to USC. Excellent. Uh, I Should I <laughs> tell you if I'm convinced or not? Yeah, let me. I'm sorry. I was like reading through my notes trying to figure out. There was so much I wanted to say because oh, I, I love this film so much. It's scary. It's better. Um, it's more nuanced. The acting is better. And I think if we can let go of the idea that just because a film is old, it's iconic, we can mm -hmm. fully enjoy Kimberly <clears throat> Pierce's 2013 version. It's also, cool. we're currently in the middle of an attack on women's rights. I guess always it's pretty prevalent. And mm. this story was written at that time. And Kimberly really hones in on the parallels between having a limited access to rights and how scary that is and how badly we want to fight against that through 
telekinesis, <laughs> which is very cool, I Excellent. think. <laughs> uh, I do always love when the device of a film or a character does tie into some sort of social commentary. It's always really neat to watch. Yeah, I honestly, I think that that's what when horror is. I think horror can be either really fun, silly and stupid or it. It, when it is a commentary on society and the way it explores our inequities and mm -hmm. the absurdities of our world, I think it's at its best. Hard agree. <laughs> uh, I, I am convinced that was a very moving thesis. And also, I'm, I will close my eyes during any mutilation scenes and cringe and maybe be uncomfortable for a couple hours afterwards where I, like, I do this thing where I like rub my arms and I feel like... Because I, yeah. I feel so deeply... Even though I know it's fiction, but every time sure. a character hurts themselves, I freak out so much because mm. i'm like no please don't do that to oh. yourself uh, yeah. and i want to hold them and tell them it's all right um but i'll, I'll give it a go i don't think she's she's not evil in this whereas she's really evil in the first one she's a more i don't want to say tragic because that feels limiting and one-dimensional but she feels more full and like she's been through something mm. also you might like this trivia fact this is the novel that stephen king wrote that he threw out and his wife dug it out of the trash and said, no, this is good. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. I think the Stephen King's version of the story, which is the original, um, I think it falls somewhere between Kimberly Pierce and Brian De Palma. Okay. I see Stephen King as somebody who's always really trying to do his best, but is still limited by the experience of being a straight yeah. white male right. in the mid-century. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but he, I really do feel like he's trying and that he cares about the plights of other people but it's still I think people were really scared of women and mm. still are and i think that that colors even the most progressive uh, men's lens yeah, he's also in, he's in maine all the time right just like by himself <laughs> <laughs> also just a like quiet little bubble yeah. yeah oh and this one more closely resembles the book she, he she takes things that happen in the book and puts them to film whereas brian de palma doesn't which drives me fucking crazy <laughs> mm. Brian De Palma does a lot of things that drive me fucking crazy. It's just in your front yard, digging holes. Yeah, like, Brian, yard, get doing out that. of my yard. It's just rude at that point. Stop it. You're not welcome here. And he's like, but I got to find my next film. I'm like, you're not going to find it there, Brian. <laughs> go to the studios. Go to some pitch meetings. What the fuck is wrong with you? He's it's really in rude. here somewhere. This doesn't... process is messed up. He yeah, doesn't sound like a nice guy. But he's got a real soothing voice. Hey, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good impression or not. I don't <laughs> that's think not at all. I've never heard him I talk. assume that's him. Cozy, what are your... Uh, have I convinced you at all? Uh, let's see. Um, well, uh, there's some good stuff in here and some stuff in here that I'm uh, sort of less excited about. Um, and here are my things that I wrote out while you were telling me about this movie. Uh, first of all, something that you didn't talk about that I was thinking about before we talked about Carrie. Uh, and that's the iconic thing that everyone already knows from the original about being covered in pig's blood, right? So mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for a bunch of people being covered in blood. So, like, that puts me in the pro camp for this. This one, there's still blood. Yeah, that sounds fucking great. I love it. Like, I would say uh, more blood, even. In a lot of my comedy shows, I end up starting out or ending up covered in blood. So, like, I, that sounds fucking great. It's not plug time, Cozy. No. <laughs> you, do, you do comedy shows? Oh, God, I can't stop. I dream in this stuff. Uh, let's see. And... Uh, also, telekinesis. Big fan of telekinesis. Uh, uh, f as a result of a, a really stupid movie from the 80s, Zapped, where Scott Bayo de develops telekinetic powers and very much misuses them. Uh, I loved that, grew up on it, and was like, this is so stupid. I love it. So, oh, see, I mean, this is the more progressive version of yes, Zapped. I do like that, which is anything is really the <laughs> more progressive is version of Is that the of movie where he like just makes 
girl's shirts fall off like patrick yep. stewart's pitch and extras yep and he like moves like mattresses and stuff it's so stupid but i've it's never got... heard of this movie oh my god zap is so bad central once me i saw it on comedy central a thousand times growing up because <laughs> that's where i got my movies uh second <laughs> thing is uh judy judy greer is fucking great uh chloe Gra- chloe great moretz is also very great so those are some good pros right there super Yay. down for that um but i do <gasps> Uh, Yes, Uh, but I do uh, because here's my thing. You were mentioning how this is a rebuttal to the first movie. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm going to see it as a rebuttal unless I see the first movie first. I I would like to have Mm. that context because it sounds like part of what makes this great is what came before it as shitty as what came before it was. I actually don't think that's... I think that this stands on its own because Mm. it... One, it more fully flushes out Stephen King's story. It's almost like saying you wouldn't want to see a movie unless you read the book. Hmm. So, and I don't think that either are necessary because I think that if you really wanted to see the original Carrie, you would have seen it already. Nah. <laughs> yeah, Maybe I don't not really. not cozy. Yeah, um, um, exception. <laughs> I mean, honestly, why not watch them back to back? Sissy Spacek and uh, Piper Laurie are amazing in it. And there's some really there's a really scary scene um at the end when carrie and uh piper are kind of fighting each other that i really really love i still like carrie i just do not think it's good Mm -hmm. so i wouldn't want somebody who hadn't seen either to be like well i'm gonna watch this one first and then they won't like it Mm -hmm. and then not watch the other one i would almost say watch this one and then watch the other one to not have that in your mind interesting because this is the better story and I think you'll be more apt to see the problems with De Palma's if you watch it second. Oh, cool. Interesting. I'm half convinced. Yes. Like, yeah. That's the best that we've ever <laughs> it's done. It's the closest we could get, Cozy. <laughs> well, half, I guess we, he's there. totally going to watch Tucker versus Dale. Yeah, yeah. A lot of blood in that. We, almost, if we knew that going forward. We should have told him about the fucking the shredder scene. <laughs> no, he was 100% saying he was going to see Tucker and Dale, and then we argued for it, and then he said, maybe not because you ruined it for me. <laughs> <What> <laughs> so I we mean? actually took him away from wanting <laughs> to see it. Oh, God. You're so difficult. I, well, I think, I think this is... <laughs> I'm taking the trophy for this one. This is the furthest Fair. we've gotten Cozy to agree to something. All right. Right. Nice. Let's get a trophy. Um, <laughs> uh, it's I couldn't find it for free streaming anywhere right now, but you can see it. Um, you can rent it on Google Play, YouTube, and Amazon for like three ninety nine, and um, I highly recommend it. If you have seen, does anybody want to see any say anything else about it before I? Oh no no okay no, you said we're good. Um, well. Have you seen Carrie? Please let me know what you think about either the 1976 version or the 2013 version. Um, you can tweet at us using the hashtag SeeThisPod. Um, and we're going to do a quick what did you watch this week so we all get a few more recommendations in. Um, Cozy, Nick, anything you want to recommend? Uh, I I don't want to recommend it exactly. I want to complain about it very briefly. Yeah. May I? yeah, do it. Netflix movie In the Shadow of the Moon. I haven't heard of it. It just came out this week, and uh, I wanted to like it, but I couldn't because it had, as we were talking about, there's like this great social commentary to it. It was like this sci-fi. First of all, the advertising made it seem like it was a vampire film. That's why I watched it. I was like, oh my God, a fucking vampire film (laughs) in October? Great. Not a vampire movie. Time travel movie. Uh, But it's written from the wrong character's POV. It's a story about like... (laughs) using time travel to undo white supremacy taking over the world and it stars a white guy who ignores all that he's just like no i'm gonna chase down the person who's time traveling 
who the movie should have been based around. What? Who is an awesome character, but then it's just him like, she's killing white supremacists. I got to stop her. I'm like, why? Why do you have to stop her? She's <laughs> she's killing she's killing psychopaths. Yeah. Like they have this manifesto and everything. And I got I got really annoyed that it was it was like it must have been I bet the script wasn't like that originally. I bet a producer was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't <Wow>. buy it. <laughs> and then like, so, so it started out what you're saying is like it started out strong and then got it started off way worse. It, yeah, like the first act, it goes through like time jumps. The first act is solid. Uh, the ending is cool, but then makes me backtrack everything and realize the protagonist is a moron. Hmm. So that's why I wanted to like it. And I, I almost turned it off halfway through. Interesting. I get, yeah. Do you, I don't like to turn things off unless it like deeply offends me because I'm scared that's... that at the very end, it'll be like amazing. <laughs> sure. That's what I was worried. I, I thought that. I got mad because once you find out that the people who are dying are white supremacists, it didn't change his mind at all. Like, they were terrorist white supremacists. So they were planning to bomb something, and it didn't change his mind about what he was doing at all. And that's how I was like, oh, I'm going to have to turn this off because if it's from that point of view. Yeah. I'm not. But then I gave it a, a go. And then in the end, I was like, wait, so why did they tell it from his point of view? Hmm. That's what wow, – I don't okay. like complaining about things because I, I truly think everything deserves a chance and, like – no, I think but, it's good to direct people away from things to not yeah. waste their time. There's definitely a few things I've watched that I'm like, wow, this is really disappointing that I spent two hours on that. Yeah, that's how I felt. Cozy, anything that you want to tell people about? Uh, yeah, last night I started reading the book Let's Explore, uh, Explore Diabetes with Owls from oh. David Sedaris, which I've never read before. Oh, it's one of my all-time favorite books. Nice. I'm excited. I read two stories so far, and I liked one of them a lot, and the other one I felt was a little bit tone deaf, but I am down to try this one out because I like him a lot, and I think he writes great books. Every now and then he does get a tone deaf story, yeah. and I like to chalk that up to all of us are a little tone deaf sometimes. That's fair. Mm -hmm. I think that's very fair. For the most part, he is very spot on. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to keep reading it. Cool. Great. Um, I want to recommend, it's not a scary movie, uh, but since we're doing uh, women filmmakers today, I want to recommend Hustlers. Oh, yeah. It's out That's on in my theaters list. right now. It's really great. Definitely see it in theaters so that um, this all, all women cast with men that have hardly any lines. It's <laughs> so thrilling. And Carrie's like that, too. And the majority of the women have the dialogue. Uh, and this one, Hustlers, written and directed by women and based on uh, Dancer's Real Experience, a true story that's really interesting, um, starring J-Lo and um, Constance Wu, mm -hmm. who's in Crazy Rich Asians, among other things. She's very funny. The movie is um, it's funny, it's exciting, but it's really nuanced, and it's like a beautiful story of friendship. I keep having... People tell me it's like a Martin Scorsese action film. And what? I, yeah, and I was like, this is a story about friendship and about how all work is um, dehumanizing mm. and all work under capitalism is unethical. Oh, nice. And they do, there's like a really great scene where she basically shows how basically dancing or working at the mall is no different and how disrespected women are by men oh, in the workplace no matter where they are um i'm a huge proponent for sex workers and sex trade rights hmm. and while not all dancers want to be thought of as sex workers i tend to lump it all in because they are women that get disrespected and um lampooned and are usually jokes and the butts of jokes in movies and it's really great to watch one where they were the heroes. And if you care about sex workers' rights, there's a huge push to decriminalize um, sex work right now happening in all big cities. So definitely check that out um, and get involved because they're the most marginalized people in our society and they need our voices. Mm. Yep. I'm on board for that. 
Yeah. Feeling good? Any more? <laughs> anything else to recommend? I got nothing. I also got nothing. All right. Well, you guys, we want to hear what you like and what we should watch. Why don't you convince us of something? Uh, again, use that hashtag SeeThisPod on Twitter, Instagram. You can hit me up at LTB Comedy on either one of those. Nick, where can people find you? Just on Twitter, NickJS. That's all I do's, and I do's it okay. And uh, Cozy, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at my comedy shows. I have four of them, Blackout Drunk, Scene Kids Punk House Party, a Crash This Party, and Dub Set. They're at the Pack Theater and the Clubhouse. Uh, I was unspecific, and that's okay. They all have Facebooks. Come like those pages. See yeah, there. Cozy's big on Facebook. I really am, uh, and I don't have any of the other things. <laughs> um, well, if you want Cozy to know something, you can tweet at me and Nick, and we'll pass the message on. In the meantime, please rate, review, and subscribe. If you leave us a five-star review, we'll read it on the air. You can hear your name Ooh. alongside famous people's names. Ooh, I love yeah. hearing my name. Like Amazing. William Shatner. William Shatner. We are a brand-new podcast, so um, that really helps us in the logarithm if you... Mm-hmm. If you leave a review so that more people can find this. Um, so thank you so much for listening to You, you need, need to, to See, see this. this. I can see your dirty pillows. Everyone will. Rest, Mama.